What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Greatly appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. We got a lot of Bills and Sabres coming on today's show. We'll be starting off by going over the Bills-Ravens game in which the Bills came away victorious 17-3 and moved on to the AFC Championship game. I'll be previewing that game against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then I'll be going into the Sabres, going over their first three games as they're squaring off against Philadelphia for a second time tonight. So we'll have a total of four games um, kind of to talk about for the Sabres. But starting off with the Bills-Ravens, Really sluggish game. Um, it was entertaining, though. Not a lot of points. A lot of people were expecting this to be a super shootout. Um, the weather definitely played a factor in that. But the Bills come away victorious. Leslie Frazier deserves a ton of credit for this game. Same thing with Sean McDermott. I talked all week about how this was a great opportunity for Sean McDermott to really solidify himself as an elite coach in this league. It's all well and good that he's gotten the Bills now to three playoff appearances, but you know, going 0-1 against the Jaguars and losing the way they did against the Texans, you know, this was a really important game for McDermott, especially because they barely scraped by against the Indianapolis Colts. Beating a Harbaugh-led team who's won a Super Bowl before, has been in AFC Championship games multiple times, just a really good, well-respected coach around the league is a huge step for him and his coaching staff. Leslie Frazier did a phenomenal job containing Lamar Jackson and making him throw the ball. The offense looked sluggish at times, but in other drives, especially the first drive out of the second half, they did what they needed to do to really cement this game away. It ended up being the game-winning drive when it was all said and done. But huge credit to the Bills' defense. Teron Johnson, the key pick six, 101-yard interception return. The awareness by him... To not only, you know, intercept it, but to actually bring it back. A lot of guys in those situations either just go down in the end zone or they kind of run out 5, 10 yards, kind of look back and go down. Great awareness by him to see there was really no one in front of him. Good job by Tredavious White getting down the sideline with him to give him that block. Just a great overall game by the defense. Lamar Jackson was 14-24 to for 162 yards. Zero touchdowns and one interception, as well as nine carries for 34 yards. It's only 3.8 yards per carry for the explosive Lamar Jackson. Unfortunately, he did get hurt. Prayers up to him. The Bills, once again, Bills Mafia doing a great thing, donating to his charity after the game, wishing him well. Um, great job by the Bills doing that. Hollywood Brown, four receptions, 87 yards. No one on offense really stood out for them. The Bills really bottled them up all game. And they did exactly what I had said that they needed to do last week on the podcast. Had Lamar Jackson played that full game, he would have definitely thrown more than 27 passes. He was already on that pace. He was 14 of 24. And I talked about on the previous podcast, every single time Lamar Jackson threw 27 plus times, the Ravens lost because he has not developed enough as a passer yet. Not saying he can't be, but at this very moment, he's just not a great passer. He wouldn't have been able to get it done. The defense was great all game. Um, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, I thought, played very well. Jerry Hughes had probably the best game of his career. He was wrecking havoc all over the game plan for the Ravens. Um, 
Bills Mafia got super loud, causing multiple false starts. Um, it was a great job. Even the center after the game for the Ravens had mentioned how loud it was there. It felt like it was a full stadium. How they go to go to a silent count because of how loud it was. You know, the offense definitely still needs some improvement, but because of the weather, I was really surprised the game plan. They didn't really run any plays to Singletary until the second half. You know, the first 25 or so plays were all pass plays outside of one Josh Allen scramble. Allen finishes the game 23 of 37 for 206 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. A pretty efficient game for Josh. Diggs, again, dominant. Eight receptions for 106 yards and a touchdown against a very strong Baltimore secondary John Brown, a little bit of a revenge game for him. Eight receptions for 62 yards. The other role players didn't really get as involved. It kind of just way the game plan went. Beasley and Gabe Davis had a combined zero receptions on six targets. You could definitely tell that Cole Beasley is still banged up. Gabriel Davis got rolled up on his ankle on the first pass that got thrown to him. Actually probably should have been a touchdown that he should have caught. But nonetheless, something that we have to keep um, monitoring. We'll see how other players may affect um, or come into play when they play the Chiefs this coming Sunday, which is also cool. The Bills get the second game on the Sunday. Also, big news coming out of this game that Brian Dable will be staying in Buffalo now for another year at least. He did not get a head coaching job. It was reported that he was the favorite to get the Chargers, but as I mentioned before, the longer you go in the playoffs, the more you put pressure on these teams to make hires or wait it out. They did not want to wait. They hired Staley from the Rams after they had lost. Other than that, the only other jobs really available um, currently is the Houston Texans job and the Philadelphia Eagles jobs, neither of which Dable wants. Leslie Frazier did interview for the Texans job. He's actually considered one of the front runners, although they did interview Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs, so we'll see there. But overall, great game plan by the entire coaching staff. Um, I actually like that Dable was very aggressive with Josh and put the game in his hands despite the weather. They do need to run the ball a little bit more, um, but I'm interested to see what they do now against the Chiefs. So moving right into that game, the Bills are in the AFC Championship for the first time since 1994 in a game which they actually played against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills came away victorious, defeating Joe Montana um, and the Chiefs um, back then. Going back to the first meeting between these two teams, you know, Mahomes goes 21 of 26 for 225 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Tyreek Hill, three receptions for 20 yards. Kelsey, five receptions, 65 yards, and two touchdowns. The big story in that game was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who had 26 carries for 161 yards. The Bills did not have Matt Milano that game. Josh had probably one of his worst games of the year. He did throw two touchdowns, had a really bad interception in that game. 14 of 27 for 122 yards. Very uncharacteristic out of all the games Josh played this year. Clyde Ezrillier has not been the same running back since then. He's been injured. He was dealing with some injuries this past week. He didn't really play at all. Le'Veon Bell and Williams were pretty much the entire backfield for the Chiefs these past few um, weeks in the late part of the season as well. A lot of storylines going into this game, though. Patrick Mahomes left their game against the Browns with concussion as well as a foot injury. It is, I would pretty much bet all of the money in the world that Patrick Mahomes will be playing in this game. But that being said, the Bills need to have the same type of game plan 
that they had against them the first time and just execute a little bit better. I don't think the Bills game plan against the Chiefs the first time was actually a bad game plan. They did a very solid job of containing Tyreek Hill, of not getting it over the top. Travis Kelsey had, you know, two touchdowns, but for the most part, they kept him in check yardage-wise. Mahomes didn't explode and throw for 3-400 on you, but he was very efficient, 21 of 26. If I'm the Bills, you blitz the heck out of him because of the foot issue. You don't know what he's going to look like. I don't think he's going to be nearly able to escape as much as he wants to. You have to continue to watch Tyreek Hill. I would put Hyde or Poyer over the top, helping Tredavious White. I would have Trey White following Hill most of the game. Matt Milano being back is going to be huge. You can have him on Kelsey pretty much the entire game and then just continue to do what you did against the Ravens. Bottle the run, blitz a lot, you know, have delayed blitzes that really helped. Blitz the fullback when he's in the game and just do a great job. And the big thing for the Bills, I actually think this was a better outcome than most people think. I know it's been super cool for the Bills to host the AFC Championship game in Buffalo for a chance to go to Super Bowl against another great franchise and great fan base in the Cleveland Browns who's been also starving to get to a Super Bowl and have missed finally ended their drought for the playoffs. But to me, this helps the Bills from the standpoint of there's no pressure of being in home and closing it out against a team that's pretty much the Cinderella story of the playoffs. And at this point, the Bills are playing with house money. You know, before the season started, if anyone would have said to you, the Bills are going to make the AFC Championship game against either the Ravens or, you know, the Chiefs or the Steelers, whoever it may be, and they lose that game, would you consider this, you know, season a success? I guarantee you 99% of Bills fans would say yes, because you're so used to just making the playoffs and then getting bounced in the first round that you continue to take that stride. You would win two playoff games, get to that third, and be competitive, and you would lose. I just think that's a better outcome than being at home and losing to the Browns. I just think overall, the perception that would come out of that game if you were to lose compared to if you lose to the Chiefs is a lot different. And I think it allows the Bills to play more freely because everyone anticipates that the Bills are going to lose this game if Mahomes plays. So to me, the Bills just need to execute offensively and defensively. I'm not saying the Bills have to play a perfect game, but they need to be clicking on all cylinders. The scary part, if I'm a Chiefs fan, is that the Bills' offense hasn't even looked that great, and they're still winning. I think they had a lot of great drives in the Colts game, and they had one really impressive drive out of the halftime against the Ravens. But overall, the Bills' offense hasn't been what it's been um, throughout the end of the season and throughout the year. Part of that is, you know, Beasley and Gabe Davis, guys like that being banged up. You know, it's the playoffs. Games aren't easy. Um, and the big question for me is with guys like Beasley and Davis banged up, obviously I think they're still both going to play. Can guys like Devin Singletary answer the call and Dawson Knox answer the call when their play is called? Devin Singletary is going to have to be a part of this game plan. They're going to have to run the ball a little bit more, I think, than they did against the Chiefs. I don't want to, not saying I don't want to take the ball away from Allen. I think Allen needs to throw the ball probably 30 to 35 times in this game. But Devin Singletary needs to get probably 10 to 12 carries in this game and at least shake things up or use a little bit more of Isaiah McKenzie who hasn't really been used um, in the offense the past few weeks. And I think Matt Milano being back on defense and the way the Bills defense have been playing is going to be huge for them. I'm super interested to see what they're going to be doing with Devontae Freeman, Kenny Skills, and they just announced today they're going to be bringing back Jake Kumaro to the practice squad what that means if those guys will be activated who would come out of the lineup if they weren't 
um, if they were to be activated. So I think it's going to be a great game. I think regardless, the Bills should be really happy with what their season's been. But I really do think this is a game the Bills can have and go to the Super Bowl. You know, they're playing some great football. They haven't lost a game since the Kyler Murray Hail Mary play. They're rolling. I think the offense, if they can get going and Josh gets back to the last three, four weeks of the season, the way he was playing, um, I think it's going to be a real tough out for the Chiefs, regardless of Patrick Mahomes' plays. And I think this defense is motivated. Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are going to come up with a great game plan. And I think Brian Dable is going to take a hard look at that Chiefs film and the first two weeks of the playoffs and really dial it up for the Bills. And I think he's slowly keeping these trick plays and other plays in his back pocket. He's seen some of these plays, you know, that the Bears failed on, but then the Saints executed it with Jameis Winston. You know, the hook and ladder that the Rams used on a two-point conversion. I think Brian Dable's going to have something drawn up in a game like this when there's a lot on the line, and I really expect the Bills to come out and play well um, this Sunday. And then finally, moving on to the final topic for today's episode, we're talking about the Buffalo Sabres. They're currently 1-2. and two. The first two games were very discouraging. Um, I was fully prepared to come on and do a rant. I've decided I'm going to let 10 games at least be played before I have a real overall sense of what this team looks like. We haven't played hockey pretty much in over a year until this point. Um, The first game was kind of like, what the hell is going on? They look sloppy. They were turning pucks over left and right. Eichel and Dahlien were both awful. They got pretty much blown out. I know they scored four goals, but they lost six to four. Really bad outing by Carter Hutton. Game two, they lose two to one, in which Lee's Omar plays pretty well. Um, offensively, we pretty much dominated the Capitals all game. We just couldn't find the back of the net against their goaltender playing in his first NHL game. So lost two to one. And then yesterday on NBC, we just flat out dominate the Philadelphia Flyers six to one. Kill them for an entire 60 minutes. The Sabres actually played physical, which I didn't even think they were able to do. Um, the line of Hall, Eichel, and Reinhardt should never be touched the rest of the season. They are they were out there just dominating the Flyers. There were two or three times throughout the course of the game last night where the Philadelphia Flyers could not get the puck out of their own zone because Eichel and Hall were forechecking so hard, stealing the puck from Flyers players two or three separate times, and they're just sitting in the zone whipping the puck around for a solid two, three minutes straight, and there was absolutely nothing the Flyers could do about it. It was very impressive. I'm looking forward to see if the Sabres can maintain that going into tonight's game. Michael and Hall have a combined 12 points in three games, one goal, 11 assists, and they're plus one each. Those are some crazy numbers. Michael and Hall are going to be one of the most dynamic duos in the NHL for the foreseeable future, at least this year and hopefully beyond for Sabres fans. The even crazier part is they have one goal and 11 assists. These guys haven't even been connecting on goals yet. Hall's hit the post two or three times in these games. Eichel's missed just barely on wide margins. Last night, I was really pissed he didn't shoot the puck when he had two on O with Skinner. I know they wanted to get Skinner going, but Eichel's got to shoot that puck. Very impressed after Jack kind of had a sluggish game one. Um, Him and Hall and Reinhardt have really turned it on. Dylan Cousins has been very impressive for me so far. He hasn't been lighting the world on fire for a rookie by any means, but he looks like he belongs. He already got his first NHL point with an assist. He fits the role that he's supposed to on the Sabres team, and he doesn't look lost at all. He played very well last night. You know, he's chipping pucks in, making some really good passes. Was very good multiple times last night on back-checking, you know, recovering for defenders who had stepped up. I thought he's been very good. 
Jeff Skinner has been playing outstanding despite being on the fourth line. I really think he needs to be in the top six or at least be on a third line with a guy like Dylan Cousins who can help him create. Jeff Skinner has been doing a good job of creating for himself, but it's very tough when you have him on the line with, you know, Sheehan and Lazar or um, pretty much just anyone else that's in that bottom six, even if it's Thompson. Thompson's been struggling um, as well. Tobias Rieger's been playing pretty well, though, for the Sabres um, in his role. Um, I know Curtis Lazar scored two goals last night, so that line was actually clicking. So I'm kind of fearful that um, they're going to keep Skinner there, but I just don't think that's going to be something that's going to be there long-term. You know, it's nice that guys like Curtis Lazar chip in two goals. I just don't think that's going to be something the Sabres can do every night. They're going to have to get more goals from their second and third lines. Um, Eric Stahl, Tage Thompson, and Cody Eakin have been disappointing for me so far this season. Um, Eakin's line had a very good first game, but and Thompson had some nice moments. But since then, Thompson's kind of been all over the place. Still kind of looks like he was his first year with Buffalo. Eakin, I just haven't really noticed him. Same with Eric Stahl, I really just haven't noticed him on the ice part of that was maybe because he got hit in the head which I'm still surprised him or the guy that hit Darlene last night didn't get suspended I think that's kind of mind-boggling and then Carter Hutton's been up and down his first game against the Caps he was really bad got thrust into a start last night because of Linus Ulmer for personal reasons could not play played very well and to see what happens tonight Ulmer did skate with the team this morning so we'll see what happens there Darlene and Montour are struggling a little bit. Darlene looked better last game, same with Montour, but they've probably been your worst defensive pair so far. So hopefully if that changes, that's going to be good. As I've said many of times on this podcast, I was very concerned going into the season, bringing back the exact same decor. Jake McCabe and Rasmus Ristolainen have actually been pleasant surprises. They've been, you know, probably the Sabres' two best D-men so far. I think Okiaru overall has been your best overall defenseman on the team. Um, Ristolainen still does things that, drive me insane last night he had Taylor Hall sitting in the slot calling for the puck and he waited way too long to give it to him by then the puck or the shot was gone um McCabe pinched and missed a check on a goal I mean Reinhardt probably could have made a better play on a back check but if McCabe plays the puck better and plays the guy better it wouldn't have happened at all um so still things that have to be improved and I expect them to kind of go back down to where they were unless proven otherwise but overall you know it's very hit and miss with the Sabres like, you look at a game like last night, and you're like, where was that the first two games or where that's been in the past five years for the Sabres playing games like that? It's very much a wait and see. I'm very happy with Taylor Hall so far. It looks like a great signing. Dylan Cousins is playing well. Um, Jeff Skinner hopefully will continue to rise up the lineup. Olofsson's been playing well on the power play and on the, his own line um, with Stahl and Cousins. So it's definitely be a wait and see. Like I said, I'm probably going to wait 10 to 12 games before I make you know, a big rant about whether Sabres are good or bad, what to expect. I really think that the Sabres can make the playoffs. They just have to play more consistently, have to play games like that, like they did last night. I think tonight's a great opportunity against one of the favorites in, you know, this division to win it, to go out there and play another great 60 minutes and come away with two wins um, before their next game. So we'll see what's going to happen. Allmark, I'm hoping will start tonight. It'll be interesting to see if some of these other guys like Middlestat, um, or guys like that get brought in from the taxi squad to get a few games in here or there. Um, looks like Darlene's all good to go after taking that hit last night as well. So we'll have to see with the Sabres, but overall I've been pretty happy with um, how they've played so far. Even though they lost game two, I thought they played pretty well. So encouraging to say the least. Um, hopefully they'll get back at it tonight. 
But that's pretty much going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. I'll be back for another episode on Friday doing some NFL coaching carousel, kind of talk about the hires, what positions are open, what I think of the people that did get hired, um, what coaches that didn't get hired I thought should have, things of that nature, going to some MLB free agency, um, you know, talk about some of the big moves that have happened, such as DJ LeMahieu re-signing with the New York Yankees, um, probably one of the bigger deals of the entire offseason. So we'll be talking about that on Friday as well. And then we'll probably get into either some NBA or we'll preview um, some more NHL stuff. Just kind of talk about other teams other than the Sabres and how they're looking so far in the season. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate it once again for everyone tuning in and listening. It's been English Encore Podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel.